This week, our scripture reading comes from the second book of Joshua. So if you want to find that in your Bibles, that's where we're going to begin today. We'll actually read verses 8 to 11. But you might want to scan over Joshua chapter 2 to get the whole story. But as I set the stage for the particular verses, let me just remind you that you already heard the story summarized really well by Laura with the children. Joshua sent spies into the what would be the promised land. He told them to check it out, even Jericho. And he uh, wanted them to, to do a thorough job of inspection. And, and if you come to the Wednesday night group, we can talk about the details more because I get very tempted on Sunday to go into that kind of depth, but then you'd like to go home around lunchtime, I suppose. So I'm going to try not to do that now, but I'll tell you that it's kind of interesting to me, for example, that Joshua, who was one of two out of 12 who actually came back from the promised land on the first inspection tour with nothing but hope, decided that two were enough when he sent them out. You notice that? He didn't send out 12, he sent two. Because two was all it really took in the first trip to the Holy Land or to the promised land. Then you have uh, these spies who, well, they're not very good spies as near as I can tell because they don't do a whole lot when you get right down to it. They, they look around and they report back, but you know they, they don't do anything to give them a particular advantage over the enemy, which is what you typically expect a spy to do. So maybe it's better to think of these guys as witnesses. You know, they're, they're really uh, eyes and ears in the promised land. And they go into Jericho and reconnoiter. They look around and they check things out. And eventually they end up at Rahab's house. Now, you have to come to Bible study to find out why I think that's funny. But, you know, there's a lot of places in a big city that you could end up. Somehow they ended up at Rahab's house. I don't know what that's about. But Rahab was a professional woman. And in some scholarly treatments, it's thought that she wasn't so much a professional herself as she was the madam of a professional institution. Interesting. It's relevant to the story because later on as we begin to see how God operates, we'll begin to recognize that God doesn't use the perfect people to accomplish anything. More often than not, it's the colorful people. And that's how God gets things done. So the passage then that we're going to read stems from this visit to her house where the two spies have been protected by her. Folks have noticed that there's some strangers in town. Again, I would point out to you that they may not have been noticed, but when they go to a place that apparently is... Uh, central to activity in certain aspects of the community, they get noticed. You know, it's just like the neighborhood restaurants and bars. They have their regulars, and everybody notices when a couple of strangers show up. And so they've been noticed. 
and the dreaded visit of the Israelites seems like it might be upon them. And this is when Rahab hides them and then tells the city officials who are hunting for them that they've already left town. And besides, the city gates are closed. And so the two spies are given a respite. And it is after the dismissal of their uh, seekers, the ones who want to hurt them, that she says to them, and this is where we begin today's reading, Joshua 2, starting at verse 8. And before the spies lay down for the night, she went up and on the roof where they were and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did at Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven and above and on the earth below. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The story will conclude with the two spies promising her that because of her faith and because of her good treatment of God's chosen, she will be spared. And as you heard in the children's sermon, all she has to do, because she happens to live in a house that is attached to the city's great walls, and therefore she's got a window facing the countryside, and so she's going to hang her red or scarlet uh, rope from the side of the building or from, from the wall, I should say, out the window so that they will know this is where she is with her family. And so what we understand from this in our series of getting ready messages is that when people release themselves to God's plan, they're going to see movement and they're going to see it in places they weren't even expecting it. And so they have to be ready. They have to be ready to go in whatever direction they find God moving in. And so, in a sense, it goes back to what we said last week as we begin to take this Jubilee Sabbath and transition into that part where we're really actively looking to see where God is at work so that we can join God in what God is doing. Would it be safe to assume that sometimes we get so busy we don't see what's going on around us? We miss things when we're really busy. And so the whole purpose of our Jubilee Sabbath then has been to slow down and watch. And here's the kind of stuff we should be watching for in this week's message. Getting ready to see is the primary goal. And what we see through the eyes of Rahab is that God was already moving. As Israel sat encamped on the other side of the Jordan, now I've had the privilege of going there and I assume that the landscape hasn't changed significantly. There doesn't seem to be any indication that it has. 
But from their point of vantage, as they are on one side of the Jordan looking across the river, which at the time of their crossing was swollen significantly. So it's not normally a big river. I can tell you right now that the Jordan River typically isn't any bigger than our Potoka River here in Jasper. But in certain seasons, it swells well outside of its banks, and this was that time of the year. So they look across this swollen river, and it's probably a good two miles or more beyond that that the city of Jericho stands. And it has high cliffs behind it. And so they look over at this place, this huge fortress. And I'm sure they saw something that was to them very intimidating and imposing. And, and after all, at least some of them still remember the reports of the giants, the Amalekites that lived among them. Some of them still remember that they not only have this huge walled fortress city, but they have giants fighting for them. Think David and Goliath. And there seemed to be good reason to be afraid. They believe in God's power. They've learned to trust God through their wilderness wanderings. But real faith and real courage only come when there is fear and anxiety. It's, it's perfectly normal. Courage and faith are those acts of resisting the very natural response to things. So they looked across. Now, I have to tell you, uh, and I don't do this too much, but, but I knew Jericho was big. I knew that the walls were big because I'd read the Bible and it said so. But having visited Jericho, they have unearthed at least one of the, uh, I guess you'd call it corners, one of the towers that would make up a wall uh, corner on this big city. And in this excavation, you look down into a pit, and my goodness, this is huge. And it's made of millions of rocks. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to you know, move a wall or, or, or tear down uh, something like a pile, you know, like, uh, like, a, like a huge wall of rock, or, or perhaps a, uh, if you lived out east, you'd probably see them more, but those, uh, those fences and uh, uh, barriers made of rock doesn't look so bad, you know? I mean, if you do landscaping, you know what I'm talking about. You look at uh, a pile of, of landscape blocks and you see how they stand and hold back certain earth and you think, well, you know, how hard can it be? Just take, start taking down bricks. What if you found that there were hundreds and hundreds of rows of bricks behind those bricks? That's what Jericho's walls look like. It's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And, and honestly, I don't think that those walls would withstand or, or that those walls would have any trouble standing against even some of our modern weapons. I really mean that. I think that if you launched a missile at one of those towers, it would do some damage, but I don't think that it would break down the entire complex and bring it 
to dust in a matter of minutes. It's incredible to think about this structure that they were looking at across the way. In a landscape that's pretty barren in that particular area where the most pronounced landscape features are these high uh, ridged and carved cliffs. Uh, the same cliffs that had the Dead Sea Scrolls hidden in them. Uh, it must have been really something to see these black walls of rock sticking high into the air. And they looked over there and they had good reason to be anxious. And the spies went to check things out and when they talked to Rahab, what they heard from her was, is the whole city's terrified right now. The whole city is scared to death because you're coming. And they know what you've done in the past. They know that your God is the God. The whole city is terrified because they've heard what happened to Egypt's army. I was telling them in the Bible study the other night, I know this is a terrible example, but, but if I could explain the scope and scale of what happened between the people of Goshen, the Israelites, and the people of Egypt, it would be a little bit like somehow or another the nation of Haiti brings the United States to its knees. That's, that's the basic premise of the book of Exodus, a tiny nation held in captivity and oppression with the help of the God of all creation rises to the point where it brings the greatest, most powerful nation, the most advanced technologically of its time to its knees. The people in Jericho had good reason to be afraid. People of Israel were looking at Jericho with good reason to be afraid, and the people of Jericho were looking at the people of Israel with good reason to be afraid. And they could all agree on one thing. God has the power, the absolute authority, to bring down the walls of Jericho or to bring down the greatest nation in the world at the time. And what Rahab said to the spies that was really important for them to take note of was it was their God that the people feared. It was their God who had been at work and therefore it was their God that would be the instrument of their destruction in Jericho. And what's really amazing is, is that the spies would have to go back and tell the people of Israel this truth so that they could relax a little bit. So when we're getting ready to see God at work, the first thing we have to do is listen to what people are saying. Now, you want to apply this to Shiloh United Methodist Church. I do. What are people saying about Shiloh? 
Last week I posed the question, if Shiloh wasn't here, why would anybody in Jasper in Ireland care? This week I posed the question to you, what do people say about Shiloh? What are you hearing people say about Shiloh? Are they saying God is at work there? When God is at work, God is already letting that be known in places maybe where you haven't heard it yet. I mean, I did mention Rahab's profession in a sort of polite way. Well, you know, it's funny how the places where all the men gather are often the places where most of the best information gets exchanged. Here in Jasper, it's the North Side McDonald's or the South Side McDonald's. So I'm told. I wonder what's being said and whether we would hear God communicating that God is already working ahead of us there. And what's really amazing is, is that what God reveals through Rahab is far more powerful in the hearts of the Israelites. They needed their hope to be elevated significantly. In fact, remembering from chapter 1 how many times God said, Have courage, be strong. Now the spies come back to Joshua with plenty of reason to have courage and to be strong. So that the people's faith increased, first through their leaders, Recognizing that God is at work begins with the leaders. And so, leaders need to communicate with the people around them. That they'd see God at work. And don't say it if you don't believe it, please. But if you see God at work, tell someone. They may be looking to you to give them some truth that will encourage them. Because then, as Scripture tells us, anticipation will grow. Rahab said, since I showed you kindness, I'm hoping you will show me some kindness. She's anticipating something good to happen because of her faith in the God of all gods, the supreme creator. And their faith, those two spies cause them to expect things. Now all of a sudden they're making promises to her as those who are as certain as she is of the destruction of Jericho. And their assurance is so strong that they even tell her when the Lord has given us this city. They didn't say if the Lord gives us this city, we'll help you out. They said when the Lord gives us this city. I wonder if she knew that their when may have very well come from her lips, at least to start with. And then you begin to see how it spreads like wildfire. You know, that's the thing. A negative vibe, fear, negative energy, all of that can spread and create a certain gloominess in a family of faith like ours. But so can faith and joy and hope. And so that thing that I've been told since I got here must be true. If the lobby's noisy after church, it must mean that 
faith is spreading like wildfire. So I hope there's a lot of cheerful laughter and joy in this place when we worship together. People's hearts then become completely convinced. And when that kind of thing happens, then the gifts of God begin to work in the hearts of the people and, and the people begin to trust that this is not about them, never really was, but it's really about God and God's glory and what God's going to do and how God's going to do it. It changes everything. And that's something I can get excited about. So our word for today is, is that if we get ready to move with the Lord, follow God's plan, we just need to concentrate on God's power to see it through. And we need to open our eyes so that we can look and see that God's already doing it. So all we really have to do is join God in it. Let us pray. Holy God, I thank you for your word, and I ask now that you burn it on the hearts of your people, that we might live it and be in it, this mind of our creator. For your name's sake, amen. Mm -hmm.